Good morning. Merry Christmas, church family. Well, is it, it is Advent season as we uh, gather together on Sundays as a church family to celebrate and prepare for the birth of Jesus, to celebrate every year and remember that God sent His Son to be with us. So help me out as we set the stage, as we recap, as we remind ourselves where we've been, as we remind ourselves all that God wants us to reflect on uh, this Advent season. Uh, first week's theme, anybody want to guess, take a stab at it? Two weeks ago, our first Advent week theme was hope. Remember that one? Remember that hope is a person. And his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And so we took the first week of Advent to remember that God sending his son into the world. The word Advent means arrival, the coming of Jesus into the world. And we uh, celebrated that he brings with him hope. Week two's theme, last Sunday, what was our theme? Peace. Long ago, long before Jesus, the, the prophet foretold that the coming Messiah, the promised rescuer of God's people, would come and among the things he would be, among the things he would be called, would be that he would be the Prince of? The Prince of Peace. We talked last Sunday about the fact that with the arrival of Jesus um, into our, even into our world of, of up and down circumstances, of difficult relationships and pains that we go through, the coming of Jesus, the advent of Jesus, brings with it the possibility of experiencing peace that makes no sense. Peace that only God can give. And then today's emphasis in Advent is what? You, know, you should sound a little more confident. <laughs> today's Advent theme is? Yeah, because the shillings were already up here talking about joy, reading a scripture about joy, and uh, introducing the topic for us. And at the very beginning of our time together this morning, we sang joy, unspeakable joy. The lyric that caught my attention was, it rises in my soul and, and never lets me go. Joy, unspeakable joy. So hope and peace and now joy, these are all gifts of God's grace. These are gifts of God's grace that come to us through Jesus. And so... As we come together this morning, as we gather together this morning, and we think about hope and peace and joy, do you need to receive those gifts this morning? Do you need to receive those gifts of grace from our, our Heavenly Father this morning? Do you experience, are you ready, are you able this morning to experience those gifts of grace in your life. Um, perhaps some of you are, are here and chomping at the bit to celebrate and your Merry Christmas high five and everybody around you. And this is the greatest season of, of the year and you're in a great spot and you're praising the Lord and we rejoice with you. Amen. What a time of year, isn't it? To remember what Jesus has done for us. And then others of us perhaps are in a spot where we are struggling to see those gifts of grace. We're not sure with our circumstances and our eyes distracted and all that the world brings into our, uh, into our path, we maybe are not sure if we're experiencing hope and peace 
and joy. And, 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 and sometimes in up and down ways, I would put myself in that latter category of, of needing to remember that in the midst of circumstances that are frustrating and distracting, to remember that joy, unspeakable joy, rises in my soul and never lets me go. So we need to gather together, don't we? We need to keep gathering together. We need to join together on Sunday mornings for the purpose of being reminded of what God has done, of being reminded of the significance of God sending His Son into the world, the advent of Jesus. I think it's a good thing that Christmas comes every year because I need the gospel preached to me every year. And for that matter, I need the gospel preached to my heart every day. And so it's good to be together to worship Him. Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. The psalmist with this prayer to the Lord was speaking to the Lord. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so as we consider joy this morning, I want to start even just long before Jesus. When we think about the Old Testament portion of our Bible, we think about God's people long before uh, the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the promised rescuer into our world. The stories that we get in the beginning of our Bible, the story of, of, of the Exodus, finds us remembering that God's people were enslaved. They were enslaved in Egypt. And they were, they were being driven, and life was very difficult. And you look at that verse on the screen, and you think, for, for God's people in those circumstances, was that, did it seem like they were on the path to life? When they were enslaved in Egypt, would they have found, there, would it have been seemingly on the surface that, that there was fullness of joy? And then even when God freed them from Egypt, even when God miraculously brought them out of Egypt, they found themselves in the desert wandering and complaining and groaning and, and not, having, not being satisfied with God's provision of food and water. And yet the psalmist in Psalm 105 says that God, look at this verse, so God brought his people out with what? With joy. Those didn't sound like circumstances on the path to life. Those didn't sound like circumstances where we would normally think of fullness of joy, but God says he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. Church family, there is joy to be found. There is joy to be found. There is life to be experienced with, in, when God is with us, no matter the circumstances that are going on around us. There is joy to be found when we choose to trust in God's care and His provision. And then another place I, I, it came to my mind this, this week, the prophet Habakkuk, this is on the screen. Look what he writes. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Does that seem like the path of life? Are those the circumstances we would normally look around at and go, yeah, this is fullness of joy because I'm with God. And yet look where, where the passage continues. Look what the prophet says. Yet, yet, 
I will rejoice. What's the word rejoice? Find joy. Experience joy. I will find joy in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Knowing and following God can bring us joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And then Jesus came. And then God sent his son into the world. God was already making it possible long before Jesus. As God cared for his people, he was already making it possible to find joy because of him. And then he sent his son into the world, that first advent, that first coming, the arrival of Jesus into the world. Uh, Open your Bibles again to Luke chapter 2. Open your Bibles, find Luke 2 again. We read this some last Sunday. Brandon and Kaylee already read it this morning, and yet we need to put ourselves there yet again. We need to immerse ourselves in the Christmas story. Whether this is your 60th Christmas or your first, true it. We need to immerse ourselves in the Christmas story. And so may Luke 2 not be something that you've heard a million times and don't need to review, but may we hear from the Lord this morning. Let me pray. Father in heaven, I pray that as we look into Luke 2 again this morning, that this miraculous story would be fresh in our hearts and minds, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that you would give us ears to hear what you have for us this morning, would this story never get stale? Would this true, historical, factual story never become so familiar that we overlook your miraculous working of love toward us? So teach us this morning, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Again, familiar verses, verses we've looked at even this morning, but let's hear from the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went up there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field. And I love how Brandon and Kaylee encouraged us to put ourselves in the shoes of the shepherds here, right? That's how we take familiar stories from God's word and make sure that we don't just overlook them. We, We ask God to put us there. We walk the path of the shepherds here and put ourselves here and imagine what this would have been like and imagine uh, then the significance of what God is doing. In verse 8 says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you what? Good news of what? 
great joy in the fields, watching over the sheep, surrounded by angels suddenly, fearful and wondering what this could mean. And the angel says, fear not, for I bring you what? Good news of what? Great joy. And when you say joy, you can smile if you want. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good news, church family, of great joy. The first advent of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, brought with it the arrival of hope. God's Word tells us that Jesus is the living hope. We've said that hope is a person and His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The first advent, the first arrival of Jesus to our, to our world 2,000 years ago came with God bringing into our world through Jesus peace, through the Prince of Peace, the, 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 the Savior, the Rescuer that makes it possible for us to experience grace, that peace that makes no sense even in the midst of, of circumstances that are overwhelming. And that first advent, that first coming of Jesus 2,000 of years ago was proclaimed by angels to be the arrival of good news, of great joy. And so now, we await the second advent. Now we find ourselves in the period of history between Jesus' first coming and His second coming. Between His first advent and His second advent. And we know that Jesus brought into the world hope and peace and joy. And those things are true and we saw the work He did in His life, death and resurrection. And so now we find ourselves in this in-between. The already but not yet of his kingdom. The, the Jesus is king on earth. Now he is, he reigns, but he is, and he is coming again and he will reign fully and he will set all things right. We find ourselves in this in-between between the first advent and the second advent. The already established kingdom of God who, that is established now and is continuing on to unfold and will be complete, will be fully realized when Jesus returns. So we find ourselves in the in-between and we ask ourselves then, how do we then experience this Jesus joy? What does this Jesus joy look, for us, look like for us in our lives now in between the first advent and the second advent? Let's consider some of these. Jesus himself says in John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that you or that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So here's Jesus himself, while he was ministering among us, while he was proclaiming the kingdom of God in his earthly ministry, Jesus' words included this, these things I have spoken to you, so that your joy, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Well, maybe the natural question after you read just that verse by itself would be what? What things? You know, what, what's he talking about? What, what, what things has he done? What things has he said? Well, even just backing up two verses helps us. Jesus said this just a couple verses prior. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The gospel, as we say all the time, is the spectacular news that God rescues sinners like you and I through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The shepherds were there in the darkness, and the light shone, and the angels proclaimed that that the arrival of Jesus, the advent of Jesus, brought with them good news of great joy. The gospel is spectacular news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, There is, church family, there is joy to be found. Even in this life, even in this in-between, between the first advent and the second advent, even before Jesus returns and makes all things right, there is joy to be found. There is life to be had. Real life now and eternal life with him forever. For those who are in Christ, put your trust in Jesus. It is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. Abide in him. Rest in him. Find all that you need in him. Learn to live for him. Follow and obey Jesus. Is one of the ways that brings about joy one of the ways that we can experience joy on this side of eternity, one of the ways we can experience joy in life before the second advent of Jesus is by following him. I've mentioned this before, but again, I want to just mention a practical resource. If you're looking for a way to abide, if you're looking for you know, growing in your spiritual life, if you're looking to add to your rhythm of your daily life, weekly life, of getting into God's Word and being reminded of the spectacular good news of the Gospel, you may want to check out Paul Tripp's uh, daily devotional called New Morning Mercies. I've recommended it a couple times. I'll probably recommend it again. It's a good time of year to mention this because you can take your Christmas money and buy yourself one, or if it's not too late, you can put it on your Christmas list. When you get it for Christmas, it starts on January 1st, one simple page per day, reading some gospel encouragement, and then reading a chunk of scripture to go with it would be a great way if you don't, especially if you don't already have a rhythm of being in God's Word, of spending time with Him each day, uh, I couldn't recommend this resource more as a way to grow in abiding in Him. Focusing your daily life in Jesus. Having something that pulls us out of all the horizontal distraction of up and down circumstances and difficult relationships and things that are broken and don't go our way. We need something, we need a rhythm, we need something to help us. This is a practical way of getting our eyes off of self and focused on the Lord and learning to abide in Him. So look again with me at John 15, 11. This is what we started, we started with a couple minutes ago, asking how do we experience joy then? In this in-between time, in this earthly life that we've been given, how do we experience joy? These things, Jesus said, I have spoken to you that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. As we abide in Jesus, as we walk with him, as we rest in him, as we find all we need in him, then, then look what that verse promises, that his joy will be in us. And that our joy will be full. And, and you know what? That is what I think makes it possible. Let's recap. Everybody with me? 
if we abide in Jesus, and, that this, and this promise here is true, that as we abide in Him, as we trust in Him, as we rest in Him, as we walk in Him, as we learn to live out His ways and, and obey Him, it says His joy is in us. And so that means to me that when we get to these difficult verses like Romans 5.3 that we'll put on the screen now, this is what makes that possible. We look at this verse and it's, it's, it's like, whoa, for real? I'm not sure I can do that. But when we think that the hope of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus is in us, then is this possible? Not only that, but we rejoice. We find joy. We experience joy in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. We want to skip the tough stuff. We want to go around inconvenience. We would re- rather find a life of, of less uh, roller coaster action. But I think, doesn't this verse make it clear that God has so much for us in that? So much He wants to do in us? in those moments, and because we have Jesus with us, as we abide in Jesus and his joy is in us, I think that's what makes this possible. And and just like those Old Testament examples a few minutes ago, right? We started with the psalmist saying for God's people in the Old Testament, they were enslaved and they were in the wilderness and they were wandering and they were grumbling, and yet God brought them out with joy. And Habakkuk said, there's no food, there's no trees, there's no herds, there's no nothing, and yet I will rejoice. I think that this is how we can follow in those examples of God's people because we have the joy of Jesus in us. Or as James puts it, we count it all joy when we meet trials of various kinds because we know that the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. So, as we ask God to show us how to experience joy in this earthly life, in this in-between, between the first advent, the first coming of Jesus, and his future coming, how do we experience joy? The first thing we've talked about this morning is we abide. Abide in him, and his joy will be in us. Did that say anything about your circumstances of being all smoothed out and fine and rosy? Nope. It didn't promise to work out all your circumstances and your difficulties, but it said, but it says that in Christ as we abide, his joy is in us. And then the second thing we talked about was enduring trials by leaning on Jesus, and that joy is possible as we trust Jesus uh, in all that we're going through. And then this, this last one we'll mention is that we should take the opportunity to pray for God's work because our prayers give us an opportunity to experience joy uh, in this life as well. Look at John 16 on the screen. Until now, Jesus says, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. If you're anything like me, you don't pray as much as you would like. And if we want to experience, if we have an opportunity to experience joy in this life, as we await the second coming of Jesus. And one of the ways we have opportunity to experience joy is to take our prayers to him, to pray to our great God for his working in the world, for his working in the people around us, for the good news of Jesus to go out to Dallas and Oregon and to the ends of the earth. 
as we go before our great God, our Heavenly Father, who loves us and hears us and wants to hear from you and hears your prayers as we come to him and we pray for other things, we take the focus off ourselves and we pray for others and and the work of Jesus in the world. Look what that says. Jesus says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. We have an opportunity to experience joy as we see God answer our prayers as he works in the world. Isn't that bring you joy when you see answered prayer? And so I want to pray more than I do. And I want to pray less about me and more about you and those who don't know Jesus and the dark world that needs the light of Christ. And as we take those prayer requests to the Father, he says, ask in my name and you will receive and your joy will be full. And so here we are in Advent season, celebrating God's gifts of grace. Each Sunday we've uh, celebrated a gift of grace that comes with the arrival of Jesus. We've we've celebrated that, that, that hope is a person. And his name is Jesus. We've celebrated that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And today we've said that Jesus can bring joy no matter our circumstances. And so as we've said before, these gifts of grace, yes, they're for us. Yes, we benefit greatly from hope and peace and joy because of knowing Jesus. But these gifts of grace are not just for us to hoard and to benefit from ourselves. As God works in our life, as we have hope, We have a chance for hope to overflow out of us to those who need hope. And as we experience the peace of God, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we have an opportunity for that peace to overflow out of us to those around us that desperately need peace in the midst of chaotic life. And as the joy of Jesus, as Jesus' joy fills us, No matter what we're going through, we have an opportunity to overflow God's joy, the joy of Jesus to others who need to experience Jesus. Look at Luke 15 on the screen. I tell you, Jesus said, there will be more joy in heaven. Now we're talking about not joy for us. Now we're talking about bringing joy to heaven. I think this is cool. I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, who turns away from their old life of sin and turns to God. Jesus says there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who, need no, who, think, who think they need no repentance. This is not, what a great opportunity. Not only have we been rescued by that love, by the God's pursuit of the one who needs to repent. But if you are in Christ, if you have been saved, if you have come out of the darkness and into the light, if you have, have set aside your old life and repented of your sin, and not that we become perfect, but that we turn away from that life and we turn to Jesus. Not only have we benefited from that, but now God wants to use us as agents of his love, as conduits of his love, as proclaimers of Jesus so that there will be more joy in heaven as our hope and peace and, and joy overflows and people far from Jesus meet Jesus and begin to follow Jesus and, and begin to increasingly obey Jesus and to live out the ways of Jesus and be forgiven of their sins and, and find life now and forever. There will be joy in heaven. 
And that's the mission that he's given you, follower of Jesus, and us as a church family, is to point others to the hope, peace, and joy that only Jesus can bring. So as we share hope, peace, and joy, because we have Christ, as we share the hope, peace, and joy that we have because of Christ, may God work through us to bring others to know him as well. Because, here's where we started, because God makes known to us the path of life. And it's in his presence where there is fullness of joy, and it's at his right hand that there are pleasures forevermore. Father in heaven, you are so good, and you give us so much to celebrate. Father in heaven, thank you for these few moments to look into your word, and we thank you that you have given us the gift of your word, and that your word points us to these gifts of grace, these gifts that come to us through Jesus. We thank you for hope and peace and joy. Thank you for making known to us the path of life. Thank you for pointing us to the way to you through your son Jesus. We thank you, God, that in your presence is fullness of joy. I pray that we would, even when circumstances and difficulties and pains in our life cause us to frown, I, I pray that we would recognize your presence with us and that your presence with us equals fullness of joy. And I pray that we would not be able to say the word Jesus joy without smiling. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And so, Father, help, help us. Instead of looking around horizontally at things in our life, at people in our life, at circumstances, instead of looking around for those things and hoping that they give us joy or peace, God, instead, lift our eyes to you. God, instead of our circumstances and relationships leading us to frustration or despair, help us to rest in you. Help us to recognize that in your presence is fullness of joy. Teach us to rest in you. Teach us to abide. Whether we're ready to celebrate this morning or whether we're struggling, help us to receive your gifts of grace that we would experience Jesus' joy because of your love for us, because your love that sent your Son into the world because your love that sent your son to live and die and be raised again to give us life. We thank you, Father, for your work in our world. We thank you for our, your work in our lives. We thank you for your work in our church family. We thank you for giving us so many reasons to have a merry, joyous, celebratory Christmas. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.